Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Mark Evans here on this Thursday, October the 1st, 2018. It's 4 p.m. New York time, and this is your second daily dose of happy for the day. And it's not quite as happy as we like to have it because... For whatever reason, Facebook just was not being nice to us today. We kept trying to live stream there, and it kept saying it's connecting, and it didn't connect. So Facebook had its way maybe, the way it wanted to go. Maybe it's because you think it's. Maybe it's because you still think it's October. Maybe. Did I say October? I misunderstood you. I, I think you said October first. I'm not sure. So maybe that's what your Facebook problem is. You're well, that's what it is. That it's got. If I said October, that's got to be it. I, my calendar screwed up. So, okay. Well, I apologize for that. So it's November 1st. I'm not, I can't wait to go back and listen because I'm pretty sure you said it, but I'm not positive. <laughs> You're probably right. It, it would be par for the course today, actually, for the way things are going. But that's okay. You know, we have to go with the flow, deal with the bumps and bruises along the way. And, you know, just today we're just not going to Facebook. That's all there is to it. So how you doing? Great. Um, November 1st is a great day because that's when all the Halloween candies half price. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Actually, we've got a few here we could sell to you if you're interested. A few left over in the basket, no, you know. That's the only time I can uh, only time I can really afford Reese's cups. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll never guess what we were giving out last night. We actually have a bunch of Reese's cups left over, so yeah, they're all ready for you. I'll just ship them down to you, okay? Okay. All right. That's all right. <laughs> it's better than better you eat them than us eat them. We don't want to eat them, so. It's either that or I'll throw them in the trash, one or the other. <laughs> but well, don't uh, do that. But yeah, yeah, I know it's sacrilege. I, I get it. Actually, that we were talking about uh, wondering what to talk about, mm-hmm. and uh, I might have something because you're talking about eating. Yeah. Uh, something I have, my wife and I have just started. Well, do we just started back in the summer? Is intermittent fasting? Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of it. I haven't tried it, but tell us what it's about. It is amazing it's the easiest thing i've ever done um it's just that simple it's just we try to fast every day um i shoot for 20 hours today i went 19 and a half and uh when you open your window you eat and uh actually we don't combine it with keto or anything like that we just eat whatever we want i mean pizza good you know healthy food fast food and uh it's just amazing it makes you feel better and since uh Mid-July, I've dropped 65 pounds. No kidding. Wow. And yeah. That, and it's intermittent so fasting because joints you... joints are feeling better. Whoa. Very good. So so it's, it's intermittent it's because you fast. do it, like, periodically? Is that the idea? I mean, how, what's the schedule? No, every, do it every... You can do it every you want, but we do it every day. Uh, when I, we close our window, you know, somewhere around 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night, uh, I'll go until about 4 o'clock the next day or wherever my 20 hours because I shoot for 20. And when you're fasting, uh, you have to totally do it. You can drink water, or I like a lot of club soda just because it has the carbonation, uh, black coffee, unsweetened tea. Because the moment you put any flavor in it, they say, what if I put this, or what if I do this? The slightest bit of flavor, um, it changes your body. It starts attacking that instead of the fat cells. Huh. So you can't. it's like you can't get a little bit pregnant. you got to either fast or you don't fast. Okay. And... As a comic, being on the road all the time, there were times I went 15, 20 hours a day riding along, uh, never being able to eat anyway. So it wasn't mm. a tough adjustment for me. But yeah. literally, it's uh, it takes a day or two to get used to, and you feel better, and the weight's just flying off. And, and how often do you do this? Daily. Every day. So every this, day. Is, this is a daily regimen then. This isn't intermittent. This is like every time. <laughs> 
Well, the, the fat, yeah, I guess so. The, the, uh, I'm not sure why you call it. That. Well, the intermittent fasting because you eat once a day. Ah, well, okay. I open up about about a, a four or five hour window where I can eat, and I tell you, um, you get excited about getting ready to eat. The woman who wrote the book calls it delay, don't deny. Uh, what that kind of means is eat what you want, but when you're looking at the clock, just wait a couple more hours. So just hmm. delay it a little bit. Get to that 18th, 19th, 20th hour, and you, your stomach is shrinking, so you can't eat as much. But in my case, we get kind of excited because you start thinking about what you're going to eat before you just reach over and grab something to eat. Mm-hmm. So we plan it out a little bit more, and uh, when it's time to close the window, it's not because it's time. It's you're full. You can't eat anymore. Okay. And it's, it's just... Your body adjusts very quickly. It's uh, very healing. Uh, there's some great books on it and uh, some very supportive uh, Facebook pages. Wow. And it, it's just been the easiest thing. Anybody that wants to have any questions, you can my, – my, oh, this is an audience that doesn't necessarily always hear me. Uh, my website, southernnotstupid.com. Mm-hmm. You can email me through that, and I'd be happy to answer any questions. All right. That sounds good. That sounds good. I, I can tell immediately it's not a diet that my wife will buy into – because if if her blood sugar drops even a little bit, she's in bed. So I, I can I can just tell you well, she's not going to buy into this. But anybody else who you know, doesn't feel like they're actually dependent upon their next meal, that would be a good one. That's a good way to do it. Because it, it does not take long to get used to. And, I, and I, if anybody knew me, they'd be shocked by what I'm saying this. But it really is easy. I know I sound like a infomercial testimonial <laughs> that you never can believe, but it is the easiest thing I've ever done. And like I said. Uh, 65 pounds and still moving. Yeah, very good. That's that's a lot of weight loss. That's very good. And and yeah. that, that's that's generally considered I, to be I, rather lost fast. I mean, this is like what three four months that you've been doing this five months. So yeah. six, 65 yeah. pounds in four and or five it, months. That's a lot. People might say it's unhealthy, but the way it happens. Another thing too, um, like people who have the uh, gastro bypass, they've got a lot of loose skin mm. that they can't do anything with. And, but this one, uh, I wish I knew the medical terms, but you draw up as you go. Oh, okay. So it tightens up. Okay. And uh, one person said they read a report where one doctor said you have a high cholesterol by doing this. And the other doctor reports say what happens is, yeah, once all the fat dumps into your bloodstream, uh, your cholesterol goes up. But it's on its way out of your system. Mm-hmm. So uh, you'll through your waist, it'll, it'll go because that's just the direction it goes. And then... Uh, if you do have any spikes in the cholesterol, it, it doesn't last. Very good. That's really, really good. Yeah. And it, it's, oh, and by the way, there's, this is completely unrelated to the diet, but um, since yesterday was Halloween, it seems kind of appropriate because uh, we're still, even though we can't do the live stream, streaming for whatever reason because Facebook doesn't like me today, um, we're still looking at each other on video. We can still see each other. And I saw yeah, you had a yeah. black cat crossing your screen there, which is very Halloween-ish. Oh. <laughs> well, that's actually shadowing. That's a calico. It was a. She's a brown, brown and white. Brown, brown, white. Oh, she's okay. staring at me from the shelf up here. Yeah, that was. That's crackle. Well, well, she's not the only one because I actually have one right here in my lap who's also a black cat. So, so it's Black Cat Day here. Oh, <laughs> we've got a black cat, but he's just he's just hiding somewhere right he's now. He's hiding. Oh, okay. He's probably mosey. Yeah. Now this is Harmony, and Harmony is uh, harmonically purring to the microphone. So if you hear a pure purr every oh. once in a while, you'll know what it's all about. <laughs> but well, yeah, black cat's just a big old fat black cat named Bruiser. Bruiser. Yeah. This he, one. He fits it. This one's working on Bruiser. She's she's uh, she's not big <laughs> enough yet, but but uh, she, she could go on the intermittent diet. You know that that would work for her. I think. <laughs> I'd be scared to do that to a cat. They'll kill you. 
Yeah, that, that's also a possibility. Actually, what she would probably do is she'd probably kill me with kindness. And by oh. kindness, I mean it would be like, meow, 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 all day long. <laughs> and she'll guilt you into it. Very much so. She's really, really good at that. So that's why she's a little bit chunkier than she should be because I give in. What can I say? I figure that's yeah. you know, the law of attraction is all about getting yourself into a good feeling place. And I figure if petting my cat and giving in to her occasionally gets me into a good feeling place, hey, it's worth it. You know, I'm not the one putting on the pounds anyway. She is. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pets are very. I, I feel sorry for anybody that never grew up with a dog or a cat. Oh yeah, they're just they're they're better people. When I think they've actually done studies to prove that. I wish I could quote them, but uh, you just. A better person if you grew up with a pet. Better person, longer lived. That that yeah, one that I don't that study's been repeated a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but that that one's been proven over and over again that uh, people with pets live longer and happier lives, um, especially with, with a cat or a dog, where the, uh, either animal is a very affectionate one, because that right. means you're getting love anytime you really need some love. You know, your 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 spouse get that from around. people. <laughs> yeah, not usually. No. And and they'll also give you love regardless of what happened ten minutes ago, which is really interesting. Right. You know, ten minutes ago, right. you could have stepped on the cat's tail, but you know, ten minutes later, you can pet her; she'll be purring away. It's okay. <laughs> They're very forgiving yeah, animals. It makes me feel worse. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, that's that's where they learn, right? That that's where they learn how to uh, yeah. um, play the guilt game, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they know all the tricks, but that's okay. We love them anyway. Um, so let's see, law of attraction, what can we talk about? Well, actually, we should probably just go back to some basics. Like I was uh, suggesting to you early before the podcast, law of attraction is about life because literally right. it applies in every aspect of life. So really, we can just pick anything that goes on in our lives and there is a law of attraction attached to it, including cats. I can actually tell you a law of attraction story with, with the cats because we did not go oh. out of our way to adopt these cats. They found us. We were living oh, in Virginia. Guy. Yeah. We were living in Virginia, and uh, these guys were living across the road. We didn't really know that um, until one day we have two of them, two black cats. The other one is Joy. Joy came up to our uh, our doorstep and it looked like he was kind of begging for some food. And uh, so Louise, obviously we didn't have any cats at the time, so we didn't have any cat food around. So he got uh, salmon that day. He had a good day. And then wow. the, next, the next day uh, we were looking for him. We couldn't find him anywhere. And so I had gone across the street, so we kind of wandered across the street looking for him. And this other little black cat comes out. Um, this particular one who's sitting in my lap right now, she was about uh, one-third the size that she is now. She was really, really thin, very under malnourished. And uh, she got um, swordfish that day, so she had a good day, too. <laughs> yeah. So they, they did very, well, very got, well. Uh, we've got two dogs and three cats, all rescues, and one of them, Bruiser. He's the one that just a few months ago showed up. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's great when they do. And and in this case, well, actually, in this case, the reason the cats were so thin was a kind of a sad story because we didn't know it until about a month after the fact. But the people across the street got evicted from their house. And oh, when they got evicted, they abandoned the animals. They just left the animals behind, which was surprising yeah. because we found out much later that these cats had been part of the ASPCA's capture, spay and release program. Uh, program that they've engaged in wow. to help out with cutting down on the number of strays and cutting down on the you know, overpopulation and so forth. Um, mm -hmm. And so that meant that this particular family had to adopt them through 
the local pet shelter and to sign paperwork saying that they understood they were taking on uh, pets that had been through that process. Oh. So they knew where to take That's the cats. Not somebody you'd expect to abandon. Yeah, yeah that was really surprising. Um, and there were four of them, actually, which made it really uncomfortable because we were in a house that we were renting, and the landlord had specified no pets. And now all of a sudden, <laughs> as we're coming in on winter, we're taking care of four Oops. of them. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. And on top of that, we were we were also um, looking to move back up north to where we are now in Connecticut. And so it was it was kind of a dicey time. But the, the long story boiled down to the short story is that we kept two of them. The other two we had to take to the shelter because even where we were moving up here, we, we had a limitation on pets. And we were a little bit worried about it because it was not a no-kill shelter. But with a little persistence and a little assistance with the online uh, stuff you can do, we actually helped find homes for the other two. So the other two are now permanently adopted. So it was a very happy ending to what could have been a a tragic story, but it actually worked out very well. So when I say law of attraction, I I actually didn't tie that that piece in. But uh, we had, Louise and I had been talking for a couple of years about, you know, we should get a couple of cats, you know, his or her cats, right? Um, that way, you know, <laughs> you put the, it out there. Yeah, we put it out there, and within about a year, that's when Joy showed up on our doorstep. So, you know, law of attraction in a big way there. <laughs> oh, and there was another one too. Um, the people who moved into the house where the the other family got booted out, they moved in. They had, I think, four dogs, which is why they didn't want to keep the cats. That's why we ended up taking the cats. Oh. And one day, as we were going, Louise and I were heading up to Connecticut to find housing and, and work and so forth. Um, we, we got in the car, we're driving out on the road, and it's snowing, which, you know, Virginia is not exactly the north, but it's not deep south either. It's, you know, right. in between. But snow is, it, snow happens, but it's not terribly frequent. So driving out and oh, finding I've snow on the ground is a blizzard in Virginia. Have you? Okay. Well, you, uh, yeah. you, then you've lived. <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> and uh, uh, we got out on the road just right out of the driveway we're heading up the little hill and there's a dog walking down the middle of the road toward us and oh. he looked like he was kind of lost he looked kind of scraggly he looked kind of old and we figured out pretty quickly he couldn't see and this the temperatures oh. were like in the 20s oh. like they were in the mid 20s and we're trying to figure out where he could have walked from and so forth and we couldn't figure it out. Another car came the other direction and stopped. And we said, you know, have you ever seen this dog before? No, they hadn't seen it. Uh, trying to figure out who might be the owner and so forth. And we, we finally gave up. So we just took the, the dog. First, we went back to the house, got a blanket, and wrapped him up because he was shivering like crazy. And then took him oh. to the shelter because we didn't know what else to do. Um, no. But at least he got him out of the cold, which is the good thing. About... Uh, two or three weeks later, well, first of all, we'd gone to Connecticut, we'd found housing, we'd found work and so forth. So uh, we came back, and we came back with two weeks left to move. So we had to do the entire thing in two weeks. And during that two-week period, I think a few days before we ended up moving, um, our neighbor across the street stopped me when he saw me at the mailbox and said, did you take an animal to the shelter recently? And I said, yeah. He says, thank you very much. That was our dog, and he escaped from the kennel where we had him in. Oh, and he was very old, wow. and he was blind, and he was very frail, and I mean, the guy was just effusive with his appreciation. So I mentioned that as like a secondary law of attraction story because that's a key thing: is being appreciative. And he really helped demonstrate oh. the, the value of appreciation oh. to me. 
about 15, 20 years ago, I um, uh, I was actually going down to the pound to find my mama dog. Mm. And it was a weird story. I found a miniature collie, and I thought, well, that's perfect. It's, it's my mom. <clears throat> Excuse me. My mom was in an apartment, so she didn't want a big dog, mm. but she didn't really want a small dog. Mm-hmm. And miniature collies are like a big dog that just happens to be small. Yeah, yeah. Shaped like a big dog. Right. Yeah. Co- collie without, without legs, basically. <laughs> yeah. That's a corgi. We got yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> it had regular length. They just say you took a big collie and shrunk it. And uh, <laughs> so they said, come back at five the next day, and he'd be ready. I got there at four, and he was gone. Wow. And... Uh, I was going, where, where'd he go? And he said, well, two people came in and started bidding on him. Oh, my. And it went for 500 The free dog went for $500. Oh, my goodness. I wasn't attached to him, so I wasn't upset. But I figured, well, he got a great home, and you got $500 more to take care of animals, so it's kind of a win-win. Sure. And I started to leave, and they wouldn't let me leave. They said, well, well go take a look, look at these. And it was actually the dog I was really liking more. And uh, they, uh, it was a Border Collie mix. Mm-hmm. And... They put me in this hallway to see if we'd get along, and she went flying down the hallway and went for my throat with her legs. She flipped me over my back, and I, I don't know, you can't tell from this how big I am. You're a good-sized guy. I had puncture marks. Wow. Yeah, I had puncture marks in my neck from her dew claws squeezing. I'd never been hugged by a dog before. Wow. And so I, I'm on my back laughing, going, yeah, wrap her up. We'll take this one home. <laughs> yeah, right. And She's a keeper. <laughs> Oh, and the funny part was it was cutting close to six. And it says, well, we can't release a dog without them being um, spayed or neutered. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, I, I'll get it done. He says, well, you can, but we can't let the dog shit. Yes, she has to stay tonight. And I went, no, because we went through this yesterday and the dog is gone. They said, oh, mm-hmm. don't worry, this one won't be gone. I said, no. And, well, you know, 6'3", you know, close to, at the time I was like 280. You can, you can just smile at people and still intimidate them. Yeah, it, it's and hard to to argue with a, with an offensive lineman. I mean, that's yeah. just that's a philosophy, really. Yeah. And, well, I looked at him and just smiled and said, "Look, I want to comply. I'll come back. I'll do everything. But this uh, dog is not going to sleep here tonight." And I'm looking around and I don't think you got anybody here big enough to stop me. And I smiled. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Then they said, I just need a proof of address. They're, really lo- they're lowering their standards as they right. go. And uh, what they wanted was like a utility bill to prove mm. where I lived. Yeah. And I didn't have anything. And uh, I went out to my car. And um, you know those computer-generated address labels they put on subscription magazines? Right. I had uh, a quarter of a Sports Illustrated page torn off, and you could see about half the label with part of my name and address. I said, how's this? They went, that's fine. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and I took her to my bed, and he got she got fixed, and you know all went on. But then, oh, what made you think made me think of this was I was looking at her um, paperwork, and I didn't know what to name her. And she's black with a white stripe down her tummy and and neck. And the the person who turned her in said her name was Oreo. So I went, oh, I said Oreo, and she turned around like, huh? I went, okay, you're already named. Yeah. But then it actually said, hmm, if you adopt this dog. Uh, would you like if, if it's adopted? Would you like to be notified? And the girl said yes. So it'd been three weeks, and uh, the the big shelter I went to is not a no kill shelter. So I figured, well, anybody that cared enough to do that, I want to let them know it's a happy ending. Right. So I called her up and said, you know, I, I adopted uh, the border collie you put down at uh, 10th Street, and she's going to get a great home." And she laughed and said, "Which one?" Turns out she ran an adoption agency for a oh neighboring county, and I said, "Well." Uh, 
she's answering, she's a border collie mix answering to Oreo, and the girl burst into tears. But you don't know how many people you just made happy because her whole litter got left at somebody's office. And so they're adopting them out. And every time she was picked, but then put down and they took another one. Ah. She was always somebody's first pick, but they always took left with the second pick. And then she got about eight, nine months old. And she figured her, their best chance was to take it down to the big one in the middle of Atlanta. And uh, they just were scared. But they knew they couldn't keep her up there anymore. So turned out we used to breed labs. And whenever we wanted a dog, we just made one. And this is the first time I ever had a rescue, and right. by far best dog I ever had. Really? Yeah. Well, I think there's some. I don't know what it is exactly, but I think a rescue knows that it's a rescue, and just the fact that it experienced this huge a rough time. Yeah. If you, if you have this big increase in, in the quality of your life, I don't care who you are. I don't care what yeah. kind of animal you are. You're going to notice that. You're going from a jail to a living room with a fire and food and water and people petting you and playing That's, with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, definitely yeah. a big improvement there. And and the nice thing is when you get a, a pet like that who is appreciative, they don't stop being appreciative. They're always no. appreciative. You know? It, well, it's dogs like, are that way anyway. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, there, there are a lot of people who have actually talked about how a dog is, what, what was it? Um, there was a movie, I think. Wasn't there? Oh, yeah. Um, Secret Life of Pets, something like that. And the, uh-huh. the story of how the dog, or I guess they were dogs in most cases, uh, were, were left behind. And the uh, oh. uh, the owner goes to work, and then the dogs live it up at the at the apartment. And then just as she's getting ready to come home from work, they, they put everything away, and then he's just waiting for her right. by the door. You know, <laughs> <laughs> can hardly wait for her to come in the door. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. They have to hide their party. That's right. That's right. Yep. They had some very clever ideas on how a pet would party, too. I like that. <laughs> well, this one comic, uh, uh, years ago, he had this great line about the difference between dogs and cats. You can leave a, your house with your dog and cat uh, alone with seven days' worth of food. When you come back in seven days, the cat's going to see half the food still be there, and the cat will look up and go, were you gone? <laughs> well, the dog is nothing but skin and bones. Going, right. where have you been? I haven't eaten in six and a half days. That's right. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Actually, my my wife had a situation like that. Um, you, you said your cat's name is Shadow. No, um, she looked like a shadow. It was Crackle. Oh, and Crackle. Bruiser, oh, okay. And we have Lucy and a Lucy. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Louise's cat was actually named Shadow. She was also a black cat. Okay. And or he was actually a black cat, I should say. And uh, she had him for sixteen years. I guess. Don't you know all cats? All cats are female and all dogs are male. Is that right? Well, it just seems like it. Whenever well, think well of, it's actually when true. Them, it's, it's, it just seems like every dog's a male and every cat's a female. It's it, not, not at this house, but uh, it, it, it just, that's your my, my mindset. It was our mindset because Joy is a male, but when we got him, we thought he was a female, so we followed the same rule. <laughs> we assu- <laughs> we assumed he you must be a female. <laughs> And the best part is when we took him, we actually took him to the shelter to get him fixed, and the shelter said, well, they're already fixed, and Joy's a male. We said, what? <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a surprise there. Yep. Oops. <laughs> He's hey, also... You, you come up with good names, like uh, animal names. My wife uh, uses people names. No. Oh. Her whole family that uses people names on their dogs and cats. And that just, just always seemed weird to me. I mean, nothing yeah. Wrong with it, well, 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 it's weird if you have to call the animal, right? Yeah. I mean, because like if there there is a TV show from Britain that we used to like watching called "As Time Goes By," and 
uh, they, they found a stray dog in one of the episodes, and they were all coming up with names. And uh, one of the names they came up with, Gerald. Gerald was the name. And, and, yeah. and well, the protagonist said, I'm sorry, but I'm not walking around Holland Park calling, Gerald, Gerald. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't quite work so well. <laughs> it's got to be a dog, a pet name, an animal name. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, well, actually, with our cat, Joy, who is a male cat, he's actually aptly named. We, we, we named him Joy while we thought Happy. that he was female, but he's one of the most joyful cats I've ever seen. I mean, we, oh. we call him the neighborhood ambassador. He, he goes up and introduces himself to all the neighbors, anybody who moves in. You know, he's just like the friendliest cat in the world. It's just, he's, he's really something. And he, <laughs> he's also a bit of a, I, I also call him destructo cat, particularly in the, in the winter, because he'll climb up on the coffee table or whatever <laughs> to get attention, and so I'll be petting him. And as I'm petting him, he'll sprawl about, and all the stuff will go flying off the coffee table. So he's oh. both, he's, he's joyful, but he's also oh, just destructive at the same time. I had a cat that uh, they make cartoons about this, and it's true. If she'd get up on the table, if there's anything there, a pen or whatever, she'd just reach over, swap it, just swat <laughs> it onto the floor, and then just look at you. You put it back and go, oh, it is a game. And she just keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like I'm the dog chasing the tennis ball. And we, we had uh, cats growing up, too. And uh, one of those cats had the best Thanksgiving story ever. Because there was one year he actually succeeded in tackling the turkey. Really? If, you, if you've never seen a cat tackle Alive? a turkey, you haven't... No, the turkey was dead. It had been fully roasted and so forth. It was sitting on the table. Okay. We had carved it, and we were having Thanksgiving dinner. And then all of a sudden, there was this black and white blur going past the table, and there goes the turkey <laughs> off the table. He's trying to drag it into the other room. <laughs> wow. I had never seen that I hope before. I got some before that. We had. We had carved it up pretty good, but uh, oh, it, it was good, one of those good. things you saw it, you said, oh, my God, I can't believe he did that. <laughs> and he also had this Hard really... mad at him. Yeah, well, especially because he had one of these really dumb faces. You know how some pets, the, the, <laughs> the eyes are really close together, and he gives you a, sort of a stupid look. Well, that's what he would do whenever you would get in trouble. Like, it wasn't me. You know? <laughs> I didn't do that. And, and you couldn't get mad at him. He, he also had another characteristic with food. He uh, he would be one of the few cats I knew who would eat spaghetti. Have you ever seen a cat eat spaghetti? I, Wiz- knew, I saw one that jumped in the trash and steal the corn on the cob. That's pretty good. Garbage, That's pretty good. Spaghetti. He, he he ate spaghetti with sauce, and not oh, only well, naturally, of course, stupid cat. He, he wasn't stupid. He looked stupid, but he wasn't stupid at all. <laughs> and he 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 actually would not just eat the spaghetti with sauce, but he would slurp it. So he'd get a bit of the spaghetti into really? his mouth with the sauce on it and slurp it into his and mouth. Suck it in. And, and he had uh, uh, white fur around his mouth, so you'd get you know, the spaghetti sauce all around on the fur around his mouth, and then he'd give you the stupid <laughs> look like, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a dog that um, I would get the, the string licorice, and I'd uh, put a ton of it in my mouth and stick about two inches out and she'd bite it and pull back and then like reeling in a, a fish she'd eat her way back up to my mouth mm. and pull back and eat her way up to my mouth <laughs> and it was just a fu- from from my face looking at her doing it, it's the funniest looking thing i ever saw and she <laughs> loved it because you know she got licorice absolutely yeah <laughs> uh, i had one uh this one lab we had baron i always refer to him as baron perhaps the greatest dog that ever lived mm. uh one of my sisters was uh, experimenting making homemade from scratch um, oatmeal raisin cookies. Oh. So she was making 
batch after batch because they weren't perfect and she's trying to perfect it. And so the entire house just smelled like I have no sense of smell and I could smell the oatmeal <laughs> cookies. So you can imagine what it does to a, a dog like a lab. Oh, God. And yes. my mom fell asleep. She's sitting there. She fell asleep with one hand, with one in her hand and just sitting there right at face level. And so finally, he wakes her up accidentally by just taking it out of her hand. Mm-hmm. And she perks up and looks at him and he realizes, like, Oh my God, what have I done? Mm-hmm. And he won't chew it. He's holding this hot, fresh uh, oatmeal cookie in his mouth, and drool was just pouring out of both sides of his mouth, and he had the scaredest look on his face. And it's like, it's okay, just eat it. It's yours. <laughs> oh, that's funny. They are great. They're wonderful things, animals. They, they keep you laughing. They, animals are actually one of the best ways I know of to climb out of... Um, or anger or frustration or any of the negative oh, yeah. states you can be in because it doesn't matter how bad you are you know what kind of feelings you're having just spend a little time petting a cat and you feel better yeah you know same thing with a dog too or oh, playing with a dog totally playing it especially a dog yeah. that likes to play chase or something like that you know play fetch oh that one lab we had um she would do anything i could go on and on about her love of tennis balls mm. and when when she would go in heat, we had to keep her away from all the other dogs. So we put her in the basement. And this is a basement that had an inside entrance to the house. What she would do, we'd give her a tennis ball. She'd stand at the top of the steps and drop it. And she'd wait until <laughs> it got halfway down. Then she'd chase, chase it, down. it down. You could hear it. Yeah. And then hear her trot back up to the top, do it again. She did that for an hour. Just wow. chasing, letting her playing, figure out a way to throw the ball for herself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, actually, the the cats that we had when I was growing up, we lived in a three-story colonial, and it actually had a little attic on top, so there were like four stories, five if you count the basement. There was like a whole run of steps you could run, and the two of them would chase each other all the way to the top of the house, and then all the way to the bottom of the house, and then all the way to... We we call them elephant races because they're running up and down the stairs, but they were great. That was... They got themselves (laughs) exercise in the middle of the winter. It was was a wonderful thing. (laughs) Oh, that, that same dog, When if it was raining and she still wanted to play ball, uh, she'd go to the top of the steps, I'd go to the bottom of the steps, and I'd throw it. And she'd mm-hmm. catch it and just toss it, roll it down to me. And eventually she'd lay down, mm-hmm. and we are just able to play catch like that. Oh, wow. And she was happy. I was having fun. We didn't <laughs> have to go out in the rain. Oh, the, uh, the cat that liked uh, the spaghetti and that got the turkey that year? He I'd all- love to watch that. He, oh, same cat? Same cat. He, he, was, he was an amazing cat. He truly was. He was terrified of his own shadow. The, the, he was one of the biggest, structurally biggest cats you've ever seen. He wasn't overweight. He was just a brawny cat. But he was terrified yeah. of his own shadow. He'd never defend himself. His mother, who was like half his size, would fight his fights for him. I mean, that, that's how much of a, of a wimp he was. But he was also extremely fun-loving. And, and I have one enduring, we're in November, so this is a, a fall memory. I have one really enduring fall memory of him. Um, this was in upstate New York, in Schenectady, New York. And anyone who knows uh, the Northeast, you, you get a lot of leaves on the ground, a lot of leaf raking and so forth. Oh, Actually, yeah. They don't do leaf raking anymore. They blow them and they grind them up now. But we used to have to rake them. And you know, you'd have these huge piles of leaves on the lawn because you're raking them all up. Well, there was one day where we had this massive pile of leaves in the middle of the lawn, or, or actually in the middle of the backyard, and we had all gone inside for lunch or something. And the cat, his name was Mittens, was out there, 
and you could just see him eyeing that li- that pile of leaves. <laughs> and he, he's looking around in all oh, directions, see if, see if there's anybody else, you know, looking or whatever. Finally decides there's nobody else looking, and he gets into that cat crouch, and he goes racing across the lawn, <laughs> flying high into the air, probably four or five feet in the air, lands in the, in the middle of the leaves, and then looks around to make sure nobody was noticing, and then, you know, slunk away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had dogs that do the same thing. They just... And, of course, it ruined with a dog. Everything you rake up would be spread out again. Oh, of course, yes. But that's all right. I could live with that because yeah. they, they give you such such joy. They really do. Pets yeah. are, are wonderful. They're a great way to get into that and stay in that, uh, what Abraham Hicks calls the high-flying place, the place of feeling good. And that's the place I always want to be that's in. That's a good word. Yeah. I like that. The high-flying place? Yeah. They, they call it a high-flying yeah. disc, actually. Why they call it a disc, I've never figured out. I, I've even tried to no. look that up, but I'm, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, that's what happens when you get uh, non-physical beings telling you how to live life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a little weird. I, I don't know if you know Abraham Hicks at all, but it's 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 kind of a weird no. gig. Uh, oh, I've been introduced to him the first time I was on the air with you. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, Abraham Hicks is uh, it's a hyphenation that represents the person who is receiving these messages from a collection okay, yeah. of non-physical beings who call themselves Abraham. And Hicks is Esther Hicks, who's doing the receiving of the messages. And and you get these... Okay, that's what, who I was thinking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's Abraham Hicks, or Esther Hicks receiving Abraham. Um, and the, I mean, the messages you get from Abraham are startlingly good, but I, I always kind of laugh in the back of my mind. In fact, I think I've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast how we have all these people worldwide. I mean, Abraham Hicks is probably the biggest name in Law of Attraction circles. Um, they're even the ones that inspired the movie The Secret. So, I mean, they're, they're really, okay. it's, it's really a, a very big deal. Uh, but here we have millions of people following Abraham Hicks, and we have a bunch of people who are essentially, we're all physical beings, we're all living human beings, and we're taking advice on how to live life from beings that are not currently living on Earth. <laughs> they are non-physical <laughs> spiritual beings. So we're taking advice on living for people who are not living. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which shows just how strange we human beings really are. <laughs> <laughs> but if it works. <laughs> it, well, the advice, the, the, the information that Abraham provides is just really excellent. That Plus, it's not just the information. I, I don't know about you. I, I had not had um, a whole lot in the way of spiritual beliefs that I felt comfortable with for most of my life. I, mean, I was brought up in the Christian church. I was a, brought up in a Presbyterian oh. church. But um, and I, at, was, I was raised Catholic and went through Catholic education through eighth grade. Uh-huh. And I got very turned off to organized religion. I, didn't, I, I just didn't like anybody, any other human, telling me how to pray or how to worship. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, uh, and that's, and those that do like it, I got nothing against it. Yeah. That just wasn't for me. I just, I just found a certain hypocr- hypocrisy with some of the people that were involved with that. And I just figured I, I, I'm, I, mean, I believe and I'm very comfortable with my beliefs and nobody has to do what I do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm with you. You, you actually yeah, took the, the, I know what you mean. You took the less, the, the less, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the less contentious route. I took the more contentious route. Okay. Be- because I actually went through the whole deal of becoming a communicant member of the church. And the year I became a communicant, mem- communicant member is the year where I decided the whole thing was full of it, which was not exactly <laughs> what the church founders and ch- church <laughs> elders timing, had in mind. No. You know, that, that didn't exactly fit their schedule. So, yeah, that was not the most 
Uh, plus, on top of that, my father was the largest donor to the church. So, you know, it, wow. it, it was not terribly comfortable, <laughs> no. to say the least. Yeah, but uh, it, it all worked out. But nevertheless, because of that experience, and, and well, one of the things I had done is I had read the Bible cover to cover, which is actually a mistake. Um, because when you read the, the Bible <laughs> cover to cover, you're not getting you're, you're not getting the filtered version. You're getting the unfiltered version, and and that'll turn you off yeah. to religion pretty quickly when you read the unfiltered version. Um, but yeah, are you familiar with uh, the comedian Kathleen Madigan? Kathleen Madigan, you, I recognize the name, but I, I can't tell you. Oh. She is hilarious, and um, you talk about reading the Bible. She goes, "I'm Catholic. We didn't read the Bible. We read the bulletin." <laughs> right. And I looked back and went, "Oh my gosh, that's so true." Yeah. We, they had this bulletin about what's going on in the church and all that every week. There's a mm-hmm. new bulletin when you got there. Yep. And that's what we read. Well, I, I was a web designer for many years, and a number of my clients were churches, including Catholic churches. So I became very familiar with the Catholic bulletins because we had to post them every single week. Yeah, you know, this is this is you know okay. early days web where you had to do everything manually like that. And yeah, there, and it was a big deal. You couldn't miss a week. That was just you know the, their parishioners were saying, oh, "Where's no, the bulletin? No, no. We got to have the bulletin." You might miss the shrimp broil or the spaghetti. <laughs> That's right. You can't have that. Yeah, they, and they always had the same thing. It was a fish fry every week, right? Is, is that like a oh, Catholic yeah, church yeah. rule to always have a fish fry? Well, you know, they eat uh, eat fish on Friday or don't meet eat on meat eat meat on Friday, right? And uh, I think they've pretty much relaxed that over the decades. And George Carlin put it best because they hope he they promoted all the people in hell who ate meat on Friday when they relaxed that rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. There must have been quite a quite an influx there. Yeah, <laughs> oh, sort of riot in hell. <laughs> it's kind of uh, like somebody. Uh, this, I'm sorry. This makes me think of these things. That's right. Um, Why they don't ever show hockey games in prison? Because uh, a guy gets in a fight and gets two minutes for what this guy's serving three years for. Ah, uh, yes, that's true. Yeah, that that would be. A, well, so I guess can't I, let, they can't let prisoners see that. See, I, I have to say, I, I don't understand why it is more people don't become hockey players and football players for that very reason. Because it's a place where you can <laughs> legally do harm to other human beings. Well, I can't skate. <laughs> yeah, see, you grew up in the North. Everybody can skate. <laughs> I, 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 I skated a few times, and it was funny for the people around me. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, now, there's, I think there's one ice skating rink in Atlanta, maybe two. And uh, I mean, with so many transplants from the north here, I'm surprised there's not more. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I mean, I, I, perhaps you can explain this to me. You're, you're a southern guy. Why is it that there are so many southern cities with ice hockey teams? Um, well, we <laughs> that's a sore subject. We've lost both of our teams. Oh, really? Canada took them. Oh, no kidding. The Atlanta Flames from the 70s and 80s, and then the Atlanta Thrashers oh. uh, went to Winnipeg. I think. Okay, yeah. And, so, uh, so I guess I, there are fewer than a minor league team. We do have a minor league team down the street mm-hmm. that's a lot of fun to go watch. And minor league hockey teams have some of the best names, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the Orlando Solar Bears. Uh, the Louis- <laughs> Solar the Bears. Louisiana, the Louisiana Ice Gators. Ice Gators. And Macon, okay. Macon, Georgia had the, the most famous one. They were called the Macon Whoopie. <laughs> Honest how did hand to God? That was it. how did they get away with that one? How do you get away with your team that? I mean, that's just crazy. <laughs> minor league sports just get away with anything. 
<laughs> the Macon Whoopie. Okay, that that's a keeper. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is funny. Well, actually, uh, uh, not so much uh, Georgia, but North Carolina is not held in high esteem here in Connecticut because we used to have the Hartford Whalers until they got moved to Carolina. So um, we, oh, we, underst- we understand the okay. same kind of thing. Yeah. And out in Vegas, um, the Golden Knights, they made it a, their first year, they made it to uh, the Stanley Cup. Mm. And we're out there, uh, we were out there a couple weeks ago, and it was on opening night for this season, and that town is going nuts over that team. Really? And it's fun to watch, yeah. That's really their, that's their only professional sports team, isn't it? They have college teams. Yeah, but uh, they'll have the uh, Oakland Raiders are moving there. Uh, they're supposed to move next year, but the stadium. Oh, really? That's where I, I heard they were moving, yeah. but I didn't know where they were going. So they're going to Vegas. Twenty twenty, huh? and NFL is really happy because I don't know if you ever watched the Oakland home game. It still plays uh, in the same stadium where the baseball team plays. So it has one of those fields that goes across a baseball infield. Yeah. That you, you know, NFL, multi-billion dollar corporation, you know that drives them crazy. Oh, yeah. see that. Yeah. Plus, the players hate playing on it. Mm-hmm. Well, plus, Billy Bean doesn't like it too much, the uh, the, the GM of the Oakland <laughs> Athletics, because they're, they're screwing up his baseball diamond, right? That's right. Yeah. He only has so much money. Exactly. <laughs> that, guy's ama- that guy's amazing. Did you ever see the uh, the movie about him? Uh, what do they call Moneyball. it? Um, Moneyball. Moneyball, yeah. i several times. Yeah, yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, what's a lot name? of old-time baseball guy. people are, hate what he did, but when you get out of market with a $30 million payroll and you're playing teams that have a $120 million payroll, you got to do something. Well, they can't hate him too much because they all adopted what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, All right. the major league teams really are now is. doing uh, you know, analytics. They're all, they're all yeah. into it now in a big, big way and with huge budgets. In fact, uh, I, I still have trouble understanding why it is that uh, Bill James took so long to get hired. He finally got hired by the Red Sox. But uh, I, I still don't know why it took so long. I mean, he, a lot of the teams had already set up their analytics departments, and he hadn't even been called. Nobody ever even talked to him. <laughs> I, I never understood that. How could that be? But, well, you know, I guess inventing it isn't good enough. <laughs> he wasn't living the right life. I guess. I guess. <laughs> His laws of attraction, he was doing something wrong. Yeah. Well, the Red Sox finally signed him on, which um, didn't make me too happy because uh, I'm a Yankee fan. So, you know. Yankees oh. and Red Sox, we don't get along too well. Oops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very familiar with that. Which is kind of interesting because where I live in Connecticut is halfway between New York and Boston. So you always have to be careful, right? Because Yeah, you could take half, your choice. Half the time you're going to run into a Yankee fan. The other hand, you're going you're, you're to run into a Red Sox fan. And you know, it's, it's almost like the, uh, the DMZ, right? It's, it's like the separation between North and South Korea. You, you, you're always very kind. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what do you think of uh, – you have a town with two teams. What do you think of the Mets? You know, when I was growing them? up, I had the choice between the Yankees and the Mets because I grew up in upstate New York. And, and you know, nine, nine times out of ten, you became a New York fan because you grew up in upstate New York. Um, right. So I, I, was, I looked at the two. When I became a fan, it was 1965. Now, 1965 – the Amazons weren't anywhere near Amazing yet. They hadn't even come close to being No, amazing. they were expansion. Yeah, they yes. were horrible. And the Yankees – it was the last, 1965, or actually 66, was the last year that they finished in 10th place. So they weren't exactly at their zenith either. So you're picking between okay. two really bad teams, <laughs> which is kind of weird because the year before, the Yankees had made it to the World Series. But that particular 65, Mickey Mantle was injured, all their other players, they'd been either traded away, Roger Maris was gone, you know, all this stuff had happened. Whitey Ford had retired, Yogi Berra had been kicked out, I mean, just like this huge 
um, outflux, so to speak. So there, there was really not a whole lot to root for either way. But I, in 1965, was eight years old. And I knew nothing about all that history. I knew nothing about all that stuff. <laughs> all I knew is that on my, our little 13-inch black-and-white TV, I would watch, and there's this guy who had a number seven on his back, and he'd come to bat, and he could barely walk to the plate, and then he'd swing and hit this towering fly ball that would go out of the stadium. I'd say, that's the guy I like. And that's how I became a Yankee yeah. fan, <laughs> by watching Mickey Mantle hit on well, TV. <laughs> I was a friend of mine in Chicago. Uh, said Somebody approached him one time and says, what are you, socks or Cubs? He went, well, both. And the guy stopped being his friend. <laughs> you can't do that. That's true. Yeah. And if I was, if we had in Atlanta, there was actually talk of bringing an American League team here because when um, Turner Field, uh, the old Olympic Stadium, right. when we moved into a new stadium uh, on the other side of town, uh, it turned out one of the colleges bought the stadium. But there was uh, one of the talks was bringing an American League team in. Really? I would love to, I'd love to have two teams to root. Now, if it came down to it and they played in the World Series, I'd root for the Braves always. Mm-hmm. But I would love to have two teams. I think there's a lot to I've be said for it. I've been a Braves fan since before it was cool to be. <laughs> I, was actually, I, was there, I was there the night and saw Hank Aaron hit 7-15. Oh, were you? No kidding. Yeah. Wow. That must have been great. Yeah, that was an exciting time. And what a lot of people don't know is when they could see he was going to make a bid for the record, they lowered the fences from 10 feet to 6 feet and brought the fences in 10 feet. They did bring them in. I knew they lowered them. I didn't know they brought them in. Yeah, they well, they made it um, all within major league minimums. Right. But they brought it like that. And what a lot of people, you know, I get on a tangent on this. Um, back when Babe Ruth played, uh, there were no ground rule doubles. If it bounced over or rolled under the fence, it was a home run. Mm, that's true. And uh, not that in the 70s and 60s and 70s when Hank played that uh, it, the bullpen became a specialty like it is now. But um, back in the day of uh, Babe Ruth, a pitcher was expected to go nine innings. That's right. Uh, the guys in the bullpen were the has-beens. They couldn't pitch anymore. So I really wonder how many of his home runs came, like, after the seventh when you either had a has-been bullpen guy or the pitcher was... Oh, tired. yeah. Well, that was true for all the Yankee teams. They were very well known for being late-inning teams. And you're right. It's because the pitchers oh, were wearing down by that point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and back then, too, to, uh, just to take a, a shot at a Yankee fan here. Uh, <laughs> uh, That's had, okay. Uh, so we're we're used to it. We, I mean, we, we go into any city That's in the world, and half the fans <laughs> are going to be on our side anyway. So we're okay with that. <laughs> cool. Back in the early days, they would buy up all the good players and stick them in the minors. Back oh, yeah. when you didn't have to, you could jump from team to team. Oh, but yeah. The, they could make more money playing in a Yankee minor league team than they could play in for the Cardinals. That's Pro. true. That's true. So they, you guys bought a lot of those championships. And, and, then, and then later on. Um, <laughs> and then later on, uh, we actually had a major league team that was our minor league team, Kansas City. And, and the Kansas City fans used to hate <laughs> yeah. the fact that all these. All their players would end up on the Yankees, and it just drove them nuts. And I don't blame them. I, if I were a Kansas City fan, I'd probably feel the same way. Yeah. But, you know? Well, back in the stretch before the Braves got good in that big long run, uh, whenever we had a player leave, the, what the saying was, oh, yeah, um, the, that's when we, we trade a player and he turned pro. Mm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That happened to us over and over and over. Yeah. Oh, well, the, I think every Major League team fan could come up with the, with some story like that about how they got screwed. Yeah. Probably, how they, they, probably how they got screwed by the Yankees or maybe the Red Sox, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some great doc. You must love it. Uh, documentaries of uh, 
86, the Bill Buckner oh, World Series. I felt so bad yeah, for that, Bill Buckner. Make... I mean, that, that, that was like, oh. that was a setup if you ever had one. The poor guy could barely stand. And here he is being hung yeah. with, with a tag of being the go to the World Series because he couldn't bend down in order to pick up the ground ball. That, I, I feel bad for Buckner. I really do. Red Sox fans would probably try to shove yeah. it down my throat, but, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I saw these documentaries where the streets were full of people just wandering after that. Yeah. It's like, this is the worst, this is the worst day of our lives. It's a ball game, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it stunk, but oh well. Not, not, no, 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 no. That, that's not the Boston mindset. You have to understand the Boston no, mindset. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I have a sister who lives in Plymouth, so. Okay, well, that's close enough. Uh, yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> that, that's kind of like, you know, the, the Dallas mindset, which actually, I'm not sure if it still exists, but it used to exist because Dallas used, to, the Dallas Cowboys used to be oh. America's team. Oh, they, they had more of a, uh, not just a stuck up because your team is good. They seemed entitled. Yes. That's what I hated about them. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they did have good teams. I mean, let's, be perfectly honest. Yeah, they they perfectly, had some they had some great quarterbacks. Roger, <laughs> Roger Staubach, for goodness sake, you know, just yeah. fabulous. Um, so they, they it's not like they it's not like it was handed to them, right? <laughs> no. But, um, yeah. So sports is a lot of fun. Um, let's see. We've got a few minutes. Left. Oh, I haven't done the promos yet. I should probably get the promos in. Um, normally, obviously, we usually yeah. talk about law of attraction stuff. Today, we just kind of decided to wing it a little bit and talk about life because law of attraction applies to everything in life. But most of the shows have a much more of a law of attraction theme to them. And uh, we get some really top quality talent. I've got, uh, I don't know if I ever told you, I've got five different life coaches co-hosting with me. Really? Which, yeah. That's yeah, I, I've got some pretty good, talented people, and, and I've had a couple others who have moved on to other stuff uh, who worked with me before. So, yeah, it's pretty highbrow in that sense. So when you when you uh, become a subscriber, you're you're getting a lot of really high quality talent uh, coming on to to talk about the the topic and you know the various gurus and so forth. The books we we do yeah. a lot of book reviews and so mm-hmm. forth. So all that's a long way all of I, saying. All I bring to the table. What's that? What do you bring? All to the I bring table? to the table is the talent. I, I tell drunk. Jokes to drunk people at night. <laughs> so it's, this what? is a nice, clean step up. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad that we could uh, contribute to your edification. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. It's, it goes a long way, believe me. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we, uh, we do urge you to become a subscriber, and uh, we're trying to make it easier. We've gotten some feedback, Mark, believe it or not, that the steps we had set up were kind of difficult for people to follow. In fact, um, I think it was Carlos. Carlos... Uh, Balasquide, who came on as a co-host uh, for the first time a few weeks ago, really nice uh, young guy from California, had told me that his parents had tried to subscribe and and they couldn't figure it out. Uh, it, it was too complex. So we've tried to simplify it. We are now putting uh, a link into each of the descriptions for all the different shows, and that link takes you to a page where you have two buttons. You have one button for iPhones and oh, one button good. for Androids. And so it's it's about as simple as we can make it. We can't make it one button because iPhones and Androids are separate, you know, but that's about as simple as we can make well, it. Well, technically it's one button. Technically. Technically it's one button. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I suppose I could set it up so that it detects whether you're using an iPhone or an, or an Android and then just show that one button. I suppose I could probably do that. Maybe people would like that. I don't know. So, well, maybe. it's simple as good. Simple as done. good. It's going to make a big difference. Yep. So anyway, take advantage of what we've done, making it as simple as possible. Please click the button and become a subscriber and get all the episodes coming to your phone. And also, don't forget to keep, for, for those of you who have been doing it, keep doing it. And for those who haven't been doing it, start doing it. 
put it out there that you're listening to LOAToday.net on social media because we're finding more and more people share, coming to share, 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 share. It makes a big difference. In fact, um, this morning, Joel and I, Joel Elston is one of those life coaches I was telling you about, Mark. And this morning, yeah. he and I responded to an email we received from a listener named Dan who had a really great email he shared with us. And we were basically, you know, giving him some, Joel was giving him some tips on how to, you know, improve his situation and so forth. Um, and, and that's the kind of thing that you get. You get people who are loyal listeners, who are loving what's happening. And then when they contact us, we have a, a field that we have like a little party every time we get a contact from somebody and we turn it into, <laughs> we'll, we'll do an episode about somebody if we like the letter. And that's what we did this morning. So yeah, sure. we want to encourage people to, to contact us and share their stuff because we'll share it right back with you. And he even sent back an email today, by the way. Dan, if you're listening again, thanks for that email. He was very appreciative. And Dan, you're welcome. We're, we're so glad to hear from you. Just as we are glad whenever we hear from any of our, our loyal listeners. Did, have I told you, Mark, that we have binge listeners? I ho- oh, that makes sense. We do. That makes total sense. Oh, see, see, yeah, to me, I don't know. I, I say that to, to you guys, and you guys are, are all like nonplussed about it. To me, that's a big deal. Maybe because I started this and there were well, no listeners when I first Lori started. That's how Lori and I watch our favorite shows. Really? Okay. Well, um, binge watch them on Netflix or on whatever subscriber we have. And, uh, yeah. I, I just it, think it's, it's a lot of fun doing something like that. You don't have to wait. You know, to me, it's right fun now. to have made the episodes and people are listening to all these episodes that I helped to make and they're binge listening. I'm like, wow. I, I mean, I never oh, thought I would have that. Feather in your cap. I you love that. Someone oh, listen to you for an hour and still want to listen to you? Yeah, that's, really. <laughs> in my world, that's you. <laughs> that's gigantic in, in the world of comedy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you usually get, well, you don't usually get an hour. That's not normal. We talked about that last time. Usually, but, yeah, that's. 45 to an hour, that's you, usually what I do. You do get 45 to an hour? Oh, well, that's good. So you can actually yeah. get to know the audience yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Is that part of Hopefully they get to know me. That, that's part of your, your thing, though. I mean, you, you, you're you're an involvement right. guy. You want to involve the the audience in what you're doing, right? Yeah, you you, you got to connect. Yeah. I mean, do you have any special – actually, I, I guess I'm already an expert because I know how to get people to binge listen, but do you have any tips on how to get people to, <laughs> to connect to you more? Um, Don't be uh, stuck up. Just uh, mm. be yourself. Be likable. Yeah. And, um, some of the jokes I do, uh, and they're not offensive, but they're, if I tell them too early in the set, uh, well, it's one about uh, putting my mom uh, as an alternative to the nursing home because I couldn't afford that. I do a joke about putting her on a shot collar. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> You have to go to my. It's, that's on my clip. If is you go it? to southernnotstupid.com, that, that's on the video clip when I was on Carnival. <laughs> and if I tell that joke too soon, it's terrible. But once you establish likability, you can get away with murder. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. So the older people think it's funny if I do it deeper into the set, but if I open with it, then oh, I'm doomed. You know, I always thought I, I never really wanted to do stand up at all. I mean, I like you know just telling funny stuff with friends and so forth. But I never mm-hmm. wanted to be a comic like you guys are. And so I, but I always thought the, the hardest part about being a comic would be like the first five or 10 minutes you get up there because once you get your crowd laughing, then it's easy, I would think. But that first 10 minutes or whatever to get them laughing, that's probably the hardest part, I would think. Well, I always thought before I did this, how does a comic get on stage and just start? How, where do you start? Mm. That was the thing that was always seemed amazing to me. And uh, I have a couple little tricks I do, just uh, things I say that, uh, Try to engage them mm-hmm. and get them on my side a little bit. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean that that probably took you a little while to put to to work that out though. It's kind of like oh, a yeah. trial and error yeah. thing, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, trying to find your one way to connect. But it, like you said, it probably comes down to how well you're able to, to connect to them as a human being, which is not always yeah. going to be easy if you're talking to a bunch of drunks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, then you just you don't have to connect that hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to stay arm's length on them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Actually, you don't engage them because liquid courage means they think they can help the show. Oh, yeah, and that would be a problem, wouldn't it? That would be a whole show on that. Yeah. Yeah, so have you ever had episodes where, like, somebody jumped up on stage and tried to take the mic from you or something? Uh, actually, it's a story I can't tell on this podcast, but I have to tell you when I see you. It's oh, okay. when, uh, uh, heck, a woman tried to kill me. Ooh. And she she was charging the stage and was going to kill me. Wow. <laughs> if you can see the look in her eyes, yeah, she was going to kill me. Uh, <laughs> it's I, I, really a funny story. I can't wait to tell you. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know how to react to that one. I mean, if I, I'm trying to remember, like when I was playing in the bands, if if I'd seen somebody coming on stage to try to kill me, I would said, "Here's the guitar, I'm out of here." <laughs> <I mean. laughs> well, and, my, and she never made it to the stage because three of her friends gang tackled her. Ah, well, that's a good and thing. It took out it took out two or three, four top tables. Wow. I mean, there was twelve people on the floor. Food was in the air. Drinks were flying. It was just the show came to a screeching halt. But, it really is a funny story, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it, but it doesn't sound terribly funny so far. <laughs> well, and uh, it wasn't when it was happening, but mm. I remember when she was running at me, I was a deer in the headlights. Mm. And uh, all I was thinking was, I don't know what's going to happen in the next 10 seconds, but whatever it is, it's going to be a great story. Okay. Well, good, good for you for having that kind of long-distance yeah. perspective. I mean, like I said, for me, the perspective more would be a lot more along the lines of, uh, where is the nearest exit? How do I get out of this quickly? Oh. Oh, I, I was, like I said, I would have been thinking that, but I was deer in the headlights. Because mm. you just don't expect that. Which is kind of funny, really, because I mean, you describe yourself in terms that are like basically the uh, the dimensions of an offensive lineman. I, my dimensions are more like that of a of a power forward. But uh, you know, we're, we're both big guys, and here we are trying to figure out how to avoid you know this confrontation. Right? Figure that one out. Liquid courage. <laughs> Liquid, Liquid courage. courage. Yeah. It's when you when you work at a place where they have that fine line, they make they don't show a profit unless they sell a lot of alcohol. So mm. then you get that fine line of they sold too much right. and overserved. Yeah. But they, if they don't sell it by enough, they're not making money. So mm. it's, a, it's a very interesting dynamic in a place like that. Do you get many opportunities to play so, at a place that doesn't serve alcohol? Um, several. Um, uh, corporate ones. I, I've performed at some churches. Um, the a show I did uh, last March, it's called uh, it's a Mormon produced oh, wow. out in uh in uh in provo mm -hmm. it's called dry bar comedy because the bar is dry they sure. serve they don't even serve coke because that's caffeine and oh. don't have any type of stimulant right and uh you go in kind of thinking okay this might be tough but this is what the audience wants mm -hmm. and so, so it's not like you're taking a regular audience and going by the way you can't drink tonight yeah that wouldn't work show. too well yeah <laughs> yeah of course the so that was actually when you can get People to be, you can be make people laugh by being clean and smart, and then being sober. It's um, a lot more satisfying and a lot more fun and hard. I would think so. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Well, good stuff. 
Well, we, we actually went blew through another hour, but it's been a good hour. Yeah, I've enjoyed we, it a we lot. We rambled our way with we, it. We rambled through it, but it's been a lot of fun. So, And you were a stand-in today because uh, Dark Dry Drew couldn't uh, do the yeah. game. So, so thanks I'm for doing it. I glad I was it. available. Yeah, I'm glad it's you nice were able to. See to. You early. Yeah, right. And we'll see you again on Sunday, right? I will be here. All right. And I'll be here as well. We hope that you'll join us with the well next weekend. time. Yeah, you do the same. We'll see you next time you're on LOA today. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you.